What is biomedical science? How can you survive a bachelor thesis? And how can technology impact scientific research? Well, let's find out. I guess it really fascinated me how such a tiny thing can potentially kill so many people. I mean, sometimes you're like, oh, I really don't want to study, but then it's like, oh, I have to, you know, do this for the people. That mainly the a massive amount of men just going in and you would be like, oh, that's... My name is Maya. I study at the University of Twente in the Netherlands. And today we have our first online guest. We're going virtually to the other side of the channel, to England, to talk with Melinda. She recently finished her biomedical science bachelor's and is doing a year in computing. This is the Gen Z STEM podcast. I'm your host, Maidrin, and I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's get to it. Like, more than a year ago. So, uh, Melinda, hi. You, hi, you've studied um, biomedical science and mm-hmm. now you're doing uh, computing. But yeah. first of all, um, what is biomedical science? Okay. So, I mean, it's obviously a very hard thing to like summarize, but I would say that mainly it's the study of like the human body, but it focuses on the understanding of like the mechanisms of the diseases and developing ways to diagnose, um, treat and prevent those diseases. So it's mainly like a lab-based work kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like broadly what it is. Okay. Yeah. And so it has quite a bit of labs. So then do you remember, because you finished like more than a year ago. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember a bit what uh, we could look like uh, when you studied? So, yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on the year. So I would say that in stage one, which is our first year, um, it would be very, I think all the modules were very general. So we would do things like evolution and genetics, which doesn't seem to be very relevant to biomed, but it's obviously a lot of core things. Um, so we would have a lab session every two weeks and then we would have modules like uh, human physiology, which you would just study about things like the uh, things like different types of cells, for, for example, in tissues and that sort of thing, like really basic things, because it was just like the just the base for everything that was coming next in the next years. Um, obviously in stage two and stage three, it was a bit different because we had different modules and it was more specific, I guess, to actual human health and diseases. So it changed a bit um, over the next two years. But yeah, the whole lab thing every two weeks was still the same every single year. Okay, and yeah. you did start sort of during like COVID? I did, unfortunately, yes. But did, did you still manage at some stage to go to the lab? And what did you maybe like about going to the lab? Or how was it like? Yeah, I mean, it was really hard because in first year, again, we were told to leave after three months. So I only had three months worth of experience, I would say, in the labs, uh, which was not a lot. So when I went back in second year, I filled, I felt really unprepared. So did everyone else in my year. I don't think, realistically, I don't think anyone from my year had enough lab sessions because we they didn't really make up for the past, like, lost, like, six months, lot, you know, worth of labs lost. So um, it was hard, obviously, but uh, they did try and... They tried to implement things like they reduced the amount of people that could go in the lab and uh, that sort of thing, you know? So we did end up doing very basic things but I felt like I had to relearn everything every year almost Mm -hmm. because we weren't going as often as we should so it was a bit unfortunate but you know 
we've we've finished now so you know we've made it mm -hmm. somehow <laughs> even if it was basic like uh what would you actually do do you like test certain things do you look at anatomy yeah. i don't know what happens yeah no it's um we have like we had weekly um labs where we would do very general things for example every time every year we would have to prepare water like literally just pipetting water just to practice you know <laughs> so it was very repetitive and quite fun honestly but um then obviously depended on our coursework so for the specific mm -hmm. coursework we had different um lab things we had to do for example uh hematology which was in my third year i think um we were doing oh yeah we were looking at blood cells underneath a microscope so we had to get uh like rats like blood and we had to learn how to prep the slides so we had to put the drops in then you have to mix it with different solutions and yeah all in like you know being sure every nothing's get, getting contaminated uh, contaminated and that sort of thing so so yeah that was one of the examples which was really fun to do and then you can look at it under the microscope and see you know all the cells and yeah it was quite fun honestly not gonna lie <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh yeah i remember like way back in biology class like always like loved lab and like microscopes and stuff so yeah, exactly. it's really cool you it's, get to do that it's really fun honestly when it's that sort of thing um sometimes you have to do like just it's just like proteins and dna so you don't see anything it's not as visual mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. it's not as exciting you just get numbers as results mm -hmm. but when it's something like pra more practical i guess it is quite exciting and i did really enjoy doing those so yeah Okay, and then going a bit back, like, so why did you choose to study biomedical science? Um, oh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I was in year 11 in the UK, that equates to year 11, which would be like 13, I think. And I remember, I swear I remember, I had a biology exam and it was about viruses. So, and I remember just, I was really in pain. I was literally crying over the exam because I was not understanding anything. But then afterwards, literally just because of how interesting it was, like the, that section, it really, I don't I guess it really fascinated me how such a tiny thing can potentially kill so many people. And then after that, I started buying lo loads of books about um, pathogens and that sort of thing. And things like, I don't know, for example, the bubonic plague, where it's like a bacteria literally wiped out a third of Europe, basically. And I don't know, it was very interesting how it's technically a living organism, for example, bacteria, but it's so tiny, but yet it can destroy so easily. So I thought it was really interesting. And obviously, I also liked the fact that it was still in the medical field. So in a way, I knew I was helping people just by being involved in anything medical related i felt like i don't know i could somehow help people around the world especially in people in like that are not in like poorer countries where obviously we have the privilege of you know being able to afford vaccines and medication but mm. <clears throat> other countries don't which is yeah a bit unfortunate so yeah but see, I actually absolutely love that because you said that you kind of saw it when you were like quite young. 13, yeah. 14 is quite young. Uh, yeah. I actually have a similar experience. So it was yeah. a project uh, in my like school where mm. we had to look at. So it was an uh, indigenous tribe. They were called Cunayala in Panama. And it mm. was so they had to move because their islands were like starting to go underwater. And I saw that and I was like, wow, OK. And I had to find the brainstorm a solution to this. I didn't really get anywhere. But I was like, okay, I really want to somehow go into a field 
that yeah. like I can save people because flooding is going to happen and rising sea levels is just going to keep happening. Exactly. So I really want to like go into this field and that's how I got into like yeah. civil engineering, water management and coastal like engineering. Yeah, so. exactly. it's really similar actually. No, yeah, that's so nice though. But I like yeah. when people get into like a degree because of something like that because it's nice, you know, when it's, you know, you have a fun reason. I was motivated you too. Because <laughs> sometimes you're like, oh, I really don't want to study but then it's like, oh, I have to, you know, do this for the people. So yeah. <laughs> stop crying and you get on with it but yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and yeah. so then what's your favorite part of biomedical science because there's different things mm. in it yeah true there's loads of different things um again i would have to say like one of my my favorite modules probably pathogens and disease which was last year's module um obviously and i uh yeah i guess it was the everything about the actual pathogens so when it is about talking about disease specific diseases that aren't um autoimmune diseases or that sort of thing um uh, specifically like diseases like malaria which is why i further you know did my dissertation on that so yeah i would have to yeah that's basically it honestly i just yeah love them okay <laughs> honestly perfect connection because yeah. i was about to go into uh the <laughs> dissertation or thesis how i would call it yeah um, because so first of all so i'm a second year student so that's coming soon oh so So, i mean um you know you usually do some year with core uh themes that you learn and then when you finish your bachelor everyone goes through a dissertation or a thesis so um well first of all can you like focus a bit uh through what you did and Mm. maybe some like key findings from your dissertation yeah sure um I mean, yeah, so I did a dissertation, but you could also do a lab-based research project. Um, and I chose the dissertation just because I thought that was going to be easier in hindsight. That's not true, but never mind. Uh, we learn from our mistakes. Anyway, um, so I, I guess what I did was we had to um, come up with a hypothesis, I guess, so like a critical analysis question. And mine was basically about... Obviously, I wrote 11,000 words, so I'm trying to summarise this. But I basically uh, wrote about the most effective preventative methods for um, malaria. So I mainly focused my dissertation on two vaccines. So one that is already approved, which is called RTS vaccine, and one that hasn't been approved yet, which is the R21 vaccine. Um, Yeah, just very similar, to be fair. They both basically just... Do you want me to explain it? I just don't want to, like, it's a bit, I don't know sure, how. yeah, because we don't really know, like, I don't yeah, really know. They basically work is. in the same way. It's just that they both have um, an antigen, mm-hmm. so just a particle that, you know, your body yeah. just produces antibodies to, um, and then a protein from the actual parasite. And, yeah, that's how your it, your body triggers an immune response to when you're receiving it. And they, they're very similar. It's just that one of them has... I think one more sequence and that's one extra antigen sequence um and i basically collected i had to do loads of research i had to look at and read loads of primary research papers that had Mm. um data on the number of clinical malaria cases per and then i calculated it per 1000 children because that was the most available data it was really hard to find like research Mm -hmm. papers on this especially because the rt1 vaccine was not approved yet so there were barely any papers on it Mm -hmm. so it took a long time but then with like statistical analysis and that sort of thing we well i um found that 
the RT1 vaccine was 65% more effective, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's likely going to be approved soon, I think. It just has to go through a few more clinical trials. And I think, I don't know, it's a great news to be fair. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. Okay. That's kind of oh, and then we had a presentation we had to do too um, uh -huh. at one point. But yeah, that was basically the whole like process of the dissertation. Okay. So now that we have a grasp of what, what you did, yeah. the thing is, okay, so now we want to go into maybe not as nice side, I guess, of it. So what was, I guess, the biggest challenge that you weren't expecting when you started your bachelor dissertation and then you went through it? Well, yeah, that's a good question because ironically, I thought it was just going to be, oh, it's 11,000 words. That's a lot of words to do. Oh, time is going to be an issue. And it wasn't really the time because I did start really early. I was like on top of it at, at first. But I think it's mainly that I didn't realize how most people, all my friends and people in my degree, obviously wanted to choose a lab-based research project because it's more relevant to our degree, mm -hmm. because it is more practical, you know? So yeah. if you want to work in a lab, it makes sense to make a lab-based uh, research project. Yeah. So I chose a dissertation and realized I was basically on my own because no one else was doing it. And mm -hmm. I think because people in the research project have the support of their peers, like the people in their group, because you're all allocated to like a specific group. So you have a group of around five people that are doing, you've got different results, but you're working on the same experiment. So you can mm -hmm. all help yeah. each other out. It's the fact that I was completely by myself. And honestly, even my academic advisor, who's the person who's helping you out, is obviously not an expert in what you're doing your dissertation on. So obviously she didn't really know about the vaccines I was doing research on so it was just feeling very alone and having to do everything by myself which I guess that is uni but obviously seeing all my friends being able to help each other out and me being completely by myself I did have a few mental breakdowns along the way um so yeah that was quite challenging and I didn't think that would happen so yeah in hindsight I would have done a lab-based project mm -hmm. if I could have done it you know okay yeah but do you think it's um maybe rewarding to like do something like as like, it's on your own it's not in the lab and it's mm. something that you're clearly interested in so did you find it also rewarding uh or not <laughs> yeah. yeah i think at first i did when i had my introduction i was really mm. excited and i was really happy that i could do it on something that i was actually passionate about because this was one of the things that got wanted like want that made me want to do this uh, degree but the problem is, again, I think it's because uh, the structure of my dissertation was different to the people who were doing a lab-based structure. So even the content, technically, mm -hmm. and the way you're writing it is different. So I think that's yeah. what I struggled with. Like, obviously, the introduction was fine. Uh, but as soon as I had to yeah. try and find all the data, like the, because I, they had their data, they produced their own results, I had to just mm -hmm. read loads and loads of papers and try and collect data that's that that you can actually use because obviously as soon as one place has done their um findings in a different country or i don't know they did it on a different age um range or whatever you had to exclude it already because it's not relevant to what i'm looking mm -hmm. for so it was just very difficult to also find everything that was relevant and then also structuring the whole thing was very difficult because after a certain time we weren't allowed to ask for help from our advisors so you had a deadline of when you could ask for help and after that i think you had like a few weeks left and you had no help so yeah it was a bit 
challenging, but uh, we did it in the end. The process. <laughs> and you made it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So now I want to go a bit to. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to like um, technology in uh, right. research. So, yeah. how do you think um, technology like is being used or impacts like uh, the field of biomedical science or what you've seen? Right. Um. I mean, I guess I can relate this a bit to like the coding thing I was doing, uh, because it, yeah. in a way, I, I don't know if that like, counts exactly, but coding, for example, and using lang coding languages such as like Python and these sort of things um, can be, I think, will be ex is extremely helpful for a lot of science, not only bi biomedical science, but a lot of research sciences, you know, that sort of thing, uh, because of things like... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we're helping like analyze data, like large sets of data, because a lot of time the problem is that you have like a massive amount of results and obviously a human can't really process all that and analyze it. So by obviously coding it, mm -hmm. you can like try and, you know, simplify it and make everyone's lives easier. Um, but also, I was also thinking about this actually a few days ago in my, because I'm doing the computing, right? And it's also things like security. Yeah. So I was thinking, obviously it's something extremely, essential for the privacy of patients to make sure that all the data is stored and protected and you know things like authentication and all that you know is you know made like again just so it's uh you protect the privacy of the patients because again you are dealing with health and uh records of people so there's that and uh obviously the most relevant one i would say is the like genomic editing so things like okay. CRISPR and like that sort of thing where it's, uh, I don't know if you know, like, have you heard of CRISPR and like the... I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But things That's like that, it's actually really useful. Ethical because... conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes exactly. into something completely different, yeah. But, okay, leaving the ethical bit to the side, <laughs> um, it, is really, <laughs> it is really useful though how you can potentially create, you can code for an RNA molecule of the, your choice that you want, like, you know, whether you want your DNA to be set, you know, cut. And I don't know, I think that's pretty cool to be able to just code that. So yeah, yeah. I think those are all things that link to Biomed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so now you're doing computing. Um, you went from biomedical science to computing. How has the transition been? Um, it's been very different, not gonna lie. So I think I mean, again, it's a year in, so it's more of a, I would call it like a course. Obviously, it's not master's. So it's, I felt like it's easier. But again, I've just come from a third year biomedical, you know, uh, degree mm -hmm. thing. So it was very intense, obviously, a few months ago. But at the moment, it's been okay, but again, very different because I feel like all the biomed is more research-based. So you do loads of research and then you write a whole essay on it whilst computing seems more of a problem solving type of thing so i feel like if someone would have done maths for example they would have find it very mm -hmm. easy to go into computer science because again it works in a very mm -hmm. similar way in my opinion but yeah but again it's it's interesting and it's rewarding i guess because i i do feel like i'm learning something completely new and something i haven't done before so yeah i'm not i don't regret it <laughs> mm-hmm so it's it's quite different, but do mm. you think that there's like skills from biomedical science that like kind of transfer or overlap or not at all, or any that you can use for computing and um, vice versa? 
I mean, I guess you have like very general skills, like I don't know, like group work in a way, because there is a lot of that. Obviously, in labs, you have to work with your lab group, like in our weekly sessions.、Um, and I guess you in, I, I mean, the thing is, usually you wouldn't need that in computing, but obviously in Because I'm in university, you do have you're forced to do things in groups, and also I don't only do coding, but we also do web design, so which is completely different, and that is more of a group、mm. uh, project, I guess, kind of thing. So, I guess those things can those skills can you know are compatible、mm-hmm. in a way, but yeah. Okay, so now when you go to so a term of like called skill stacking, so pretty much. You're combining like、uh, biomedical science with like now computing and like web development and stuff like that.、Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with the term skill stacking. I'm gonna explain it anyone anyway for any like viewer. Like yeah, yeah. talk about it. It's pretty much the concept is like、um, when an individual like makes themselves like more valuable, I guess. Well,、mm. subjectively by gaining a wide range of skills instead of pursuing one skill. But then there's also a pre- A preconceived notion that、uh, when you educate yourself, for instance, you're doing biomedical science, and then you might get like a master's, and then you keep going on in one specific thing.、Um, yeah, then you become a master of your field or a specific topic. But then this clashes with like skill stacking, so which gives like more variety of skill rather than mastering just one thing. So that's、mm. the difference between skill stacking. So then I guess my question is: in a world that's like constantly evolving and characterized by volatility. Um, do you believe there's a significant value in skill stacking, even in a scientific career, or not?、Um, I mean, personally, I would say that it has benefited me more. Obviously, I'm only in my fourth year, so I still I'm not looking for jobs at the moment. But I guess for me, definitely, just because I wasn't sure what I wanted to pursue straight out of my third year. So obviously, if you are completely Sure, that that's the career path you want to go and do. Then, obviously, I do think that maybe doing a master's or even pursuing a PhD is probably the be- better path. But for people who are unsure of what they want to do, or they want to find, a- or they want to even go into something、uh, specific、um, job, and then maybe change in a few years, because a lot of people from some people that I've known that have graduated will go into something very. Different at first, and then they'll change to something they actually want to pursue. So for things like that, I would say it's useful to have do the skill stacking because it's not only I have a biomedical degree, which yes, I don't have a doctorate or a masters, but I also have will have、uh, experience in programming. Which again, if I finish, if I want to do software engineering or something suddenly. Obviously, it's going to be more useful to have that than be extremely specialised in biomedical science. So I guess it's also unique to each person and their circumstances. But、mm-hmm. and again, also it depends on the country, really. Because if I think about it,、um, I'm something I'm worried about is that, for example, in Spain, which is where I'm originally from,、um, because everyone's so overqualified, a master's doesn't mean a lot. It's like everyone's expected、mm-hmm. to have a master's. So obviously, I'm worried about not、yeah. having one and not being able to find a job there. So it's not really like, oh, is it useful? Like really, as in like the actual knowledge you're learning. But is it going to be? Is it going to? You know, is it going to be something that will make you employable? So it's you know, it's a bit sad、mm-hmm. that way. But that's why I didn't want to do a master's just so I could find a job in Spain. You know, I wanted to do something where I knew would help me and would enrich my like knowledge and you know something that made more sense to what I wanted to do. 
But, um, yeah, I don't know, because I want to stay in the UK, probably. I'm not really worried about that at the moment. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay, I'm going to go back because I think I totally kind of skipped about this when we're talking mm -hmm. about uh, kind of like a bachelor thesis and like the COVID period, which was yeah. difficult, I guess. Um, so I kind of want to talk because you said that you didn't want to do something just because you had to and you kind of wanted to do it because you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, I was just wondering, like, uh, when, while studying your, for your, your bachelor's in general, yeah. did you have moments when your motivation like dropped and how did you keep your motivation to study? Mm, yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> especially, actually, especially in the, my second year of university, I there was a point, I think it was in February maybe, where I'm not kidding, I genuinely thought about dropping out and I was very serious about it. Um, obviously, I think other things were also going on, like it wasn't just uni, but I do think that the first and second year were very, as I said before, it's very general knowledge. So it wasn't really, I wasn't studying what I actually signed up for, if you will. You know, I wanted to specialise in... <laughs> bacteria you know like the pathogens which you would only study in third year so I was a bit unmotivated I guess in that uh, aspect um, but I guess it's really uh, not sad but I guess like something that did motivate me is just first of all I was I was thinking to myself I want to finish the degree to also achieve something in a way you know and I feel like again also what yeah. we said before the whole thing about that even if it's not something I'm currently loving at the moment like second year specifically second year biomed um at the end of the day i will have a biomedical degree and then again with the whole thing about being able to help people like i don't actually have to go in and do lab reports and work inside like in a lab i can still try and work in the medical field but maybe in a different way i don't know maybe working for a company that works in any medical related you know things so i guess it's uh, it was just knowing that also, you're not alone. I feel like most people have that moment in their degree where they just don't feel like they can do it. Also, uni makes you feel quite stupid a lot of the time, unfortunately. Um, but as long as, you know, but if but everyone admits that, you know, like I feel like everyone feels like that. So talking to a lot of people helps mm -hmm. a lot. So like your friends and all that. And, uh, and yeah, and also my parents, honestly, they just try to push me forward in a very supportive way. But they were saying how maybe it will get better. And there was only, I only had one year left. And to be fair, I'm really happy about it because my third year was much better. I get I, all the modules I did were way more interesting to me. So I'm really happy I pursued, you know, I, I hung on in there. But yeah. So. No, yeah, that's very valid twice. <laughs> okay. And so, um, so the funny thing, well, not the funny thing, but so in engineering in general, something that, well, not going to be demotivating, but that is the reality is that there's less, like, women than, like, the male ratio. And in my medical science, I, I don't think, like, in biology in general, maybe that's less the case, but now you're in computing. So I'm wondering, like, how does it contrast in terms of, like, female-male ratio? Yeah, well, it is very different. To be fair, I didn't even think of it. I don't know, because I guess it's because I did a biomedical-based course. I was surrounded by women, because it's uh, our lecturers did actually tell us, I think 60% of people in biomed are women, like at our university. So obviously I was very, that was very normal to me. And it was really, it was a bit of a shock to be fair to come this year and to sit down in my lectures and then just be surrounded by men. <laughs> I was just, it was, it was definitely a bit shocking. Um, but I think something that really helps is that my most of my lecturers are women. And I think that really, I guess in that sense, 
I didn't feel like I wasn't able to do it, you know, because like, oh, it's so intimidating. It's all men around me. And again, I've had two of my closest friends who I go with are also women. So I guess we have that support and I see them doing their work and also getting good grades. So why couldn't I do that? Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was very shocking to be fair. I've never experienced that before. Um, because to be fair, like last year, there were moments where we would leave our lectures and then you would see the a massive amount of men just going in and you would be like, oh, that's the computer science people or like, oh, I'm sure that's <laughs> physics or engineering, you know, like you would know that that's the engineering because there were no girls to be seen, which is a bit sad to be fair, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So thank you for coming on. I mean, it's important because it's like um, what you've spoken today about bachelor thesis and like obstacles. I mean, it's it's life. There are like uh, obstacles in everything, and it's not always like a linear or everything's always great. And it's also university. That's how it is. It's really but, not. But uh, there are great moments, and like being able yeah. to like follow what you want is also mm. very cool. So no, yeah, and I think something I'd love to emphasize is the fact that I think we all assume that everyone around us is doing better than we are in some way. I think there's a moment where people are always stressing, and that is so not the case. And that's something I learned at the end of my third year, actually. Because I thought everyone had everything together and everyone seemed like they were, you know, on top of everything. And only when we finished, I actually asked around, when we submitted our dissertation, I asked around and everyone was asking for extensions for their um, dissertation. I know, so it's like, and I didn't even think about asking for, for an extension. I didn't even know that was like an option and all these people were asking for it. So I feel like ugh, uni is great, but I feel like people should talk more about, you know, the fact that it's not it's not easy and you're not alone you know like you're really not everyone's in the same mm -hmm. boat yeah okay yeah mm -hmm. well thank you so much uh no for coming on today yeah thanks for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode if you liked it please share it with your friends and the family and stay tuned because in two weeks the next episode will be released